Hey friends, I'm so excited to introduce you guys to my friend Sahar today. She is the creator of Earth and Spoon Wellness Made Simple blog, where she shares amazing healthy recipes. She used her blog to then help grow her business to even create a Pinterest that now has 2.1 million monthly views by using the content of her blog. She's going to give us all the tips and tricks of why you need a blog for your business, how to start a blog, and the ways that you can use blogging to impact your business. So I cannot wait and I am so excited because this is also my first international episode to air. So my friend Sahar is from the UK and I am so excited and let's welcome her onto the show. Hi there, I'm Jenna Kutcher. I'm the host of the Gold Digger Podcast and I'm so excited that you're hearing me right now because that means that I get to introduce you to my friend Michelle Hagen and her podcast, The Busy Years. Michelle is a mama on a mission dedicated to inspire other women to chase their dreams and their passions no matter what season of life they're in. And I've gotten the privilege to mentor and coach Michelle. She was one of my top 10 students in my community of over a thousand women, and she helped lead and inspire other mamas just like you. And now you, my friend, you get a front row seat. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired. Hi, I'm Michelle, a sales and profitability strategist, mentor, and captain of your cheering squad. But most importantly, I'm a Midwest wife and mama to two spirited boys, and I'm a lover of learning, family vacations, and nap time. I built my business between the moments of motherhood, and I know that you can do it too. Being a mama is hard, and no one should have to do it alone. That's why I'm bringing women together to share their stories of motherhood, business, and blessings. So grab your coffee, wash your dishes, hey, even take a shower, because we can do this, friend, in the middle of motherhood. You're listening to the Busy Years Podcast, where motherhood and business meet. Come tired, leave inspired. Hi, Sahar. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited for you to share all of your wealth of knowledge and like everything that you know about blogging and how it relates to Pinterest and all these other amazing things. Um, You have just an amazing Pinterest page, but it started in blogging. And so that's where I wanted you to come on and talk today about blogging because I have so many moms that always say that they want to start a business. And a lot of moms default to thinking like, maybe I'll start a blog and how can I make money doing that? And, uh, so they just kind of need some help. And so I figured you would be the perfect person to talk us through that. Uh, but before we start, why don't you you. just kind of introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you, how you became an entrepreneur and a mom. Yeah, sure. So, um, I'm Sahar obviously, and I live in London in the United Kingdom. I call it home. And when I actually started, uh, when I finished college, um, I studied computer science. You guys, my, my life story is literally all over the place. <laughs> so I, I had a major in computer science and coding. But at the time I did it, I finished the degree. I wasn't really into it. Um, 
So I went into the next thing, which made sense to me. Uh, and the first job I got was in an accounting firm. So I trained to become a management accountant. And then shortly after doing that, um, my husband actually is a pastor in a church. And as I was working, I just felt this huge burden that I really wanted to go full time and just serve people mm. and minister as a pastor as well. And so I quit my job and volunteered full time. And I did that for about a decade. Right? So, wow. um, yeah, like, yeah, I'm an all or nothing type of person. I've just always been that way. I wish I was sensible and, you know, prudent about things. I'm not, <laughs> I just throw myself at things. Um, so yeah, so we were busy doing that and doing what we feel we're called to do. And then, um, I was pregnant with my first daughter and I was 26 at the time. And, um, and now we have four children. And like I said, when I, I don't do things half-heartedly, like we had kids, we decided to have four in six years. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty, that was, I don't know how that happened. We just, yeah, it's all a blur. I'm here now. <laughs> yeah, you're on the other side. Like I always tell people, I'm like, the sun will shine again, I promise. Even though you feel like you're drowning and it's dark, like the light is coming, you will. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, so yeah, so it was during those years where I, um, I, I was a mom, I decided that personally, I wanted to be there and look after them. Um, because I did try to go back into work, but I just wasn't happy. I missed them too mm -hmm. much. And also childcare here is super expensive. So I ended up spending a lot of money, most of my salary on childcare. So I just figured, you know what, it doesn't make sense. Let me just stay home, look after them. And because I'm naturally a driven person, I, it didn't take too long for me to get that itch. You know, where it's like, I want to do something. I just, you know, I'm like, I'm not just mom, you know, I have, mm -hmm. there's a whole side to me that I need to express and I need to be productive and I want to, you know, contribute financially to my family. So that's where the idea of starting a business came. And so I, the reason why I wanted to do it was because I wanted to create an income around my family. I wanted that freedom. And so I became a wellness blogger because um, I figured I can make an income of something that I'm already doing. And mm -hmm. at the time, I, I noticed that I was, you know, we had turned our lives around by eating healthy and cooking healthy recipes. And, um, you know, a lot of people in our community, you know, would label us as like health junkies. And we didn't see ourselves that way, you know, because we were so close to it. And I figured, you know what? Um, I think I can make a, make a, make a go of this. So I, and that, you know, that's how I started. I started a blog and, um, it's been a journey. I've absolutely loved food blogging, but then I realized further down the line that I was actually more in love with building a business than I was with wellness. And so mm -hmm. that's how I transitioned into actually becoming a business coach and, um, a life coach, the life coaching comes from my you know, 10 years experience of, mm -hmm. you know, pastoring and looking after people. So yeah, so that's how we end up here. 
Wow. That's amazing. You and I have a very similar story as to where like I graduated with an art degree and then I went into insurance and then I decided I was going to stay home. And then I wanted to start my own business because I needed to do something else. Um, so we, and it's a lot of moms, I feel like that are kind of in our situations where they're doing that, the hybrid of creating their own business and Mm -hmm. still primarily kind of being a stay at home mom. It's because they just wanted the bet, like to have a balance of both. And so I love yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit, um, we're going to talk about blogging today and that's where you started. And I know that so many moms, um, that I talked to are so interested in starting a blog and they want to know about blogs. Um, so why don't you first tell us like why we could do blogging as a business or if we have a business, so say maybe it's a mom that has like an Etsy shop or something like that. Why do they need a blog? Yeah, sure. So, um, I was talking to my sister a couple of weeks back and she is, um, she, so she has a supplement Uh, business. So she has like, she's a pediatrician and has her own supplements and, you know, she wants to sell them on, on like mass scale. Um, And so in the process of doing that, she was actually looking to get some Facebook advertisers to kind of help her with advertising online and stuff like that. And I remember talking to her about it and she was interviewing a couple of them. And one of the things she said is that I spoke to one of them and she seemed so knowledgeable. She was saying all the right things. She had all this background. But then when you go online, she's like her website is like one page with minimal information. And her social media is like less than 100 people or something like that. And so she, it just made her feel like, okay, the alarm bells are going off because it's like, can I trust you, you know? are you a real person? Are you going to scam me? Like, what is this? Why, why, why are you able to be so successful with ads when you yourself don't have anything to show for it sort of thing? Um, and so I love that because that's, it made me think and it made me realize that that's the importance of having a blog because when you have a blog as a business, so even if you're not a blogger, if you're someone who actually is a business or you have a business where you sell stuff, you want to establish yourself as an expert, as an authority. And you also want to build trust because people aren't going to buy from you if they don't know you. That's why people have like brand awareness campaigns and pay for, you know, advertising is because if you see something long enough, you become familiar with it, right? Like that's why all these household brand names, we just buy them without thinking. We just buy Nike. We just buy, um, you know, like Twix or whatever, you know, and we don't think it through because we've been bombarded with it so often. And so blogging is great. So you can build trust with people so that they can hear your voice so that you can give them value before they trust you enough to buy from you. So that's number one. Number two is that if you want your stuff, if you want your business to feature organically anyway on, um, on uh, search engines, then you have to have words. You have to have a blog. So if you're, um, say if you have a YouTube channel, if you have a podcast, that's great. But if you want to show up on search engines, you have to have a blog because blogs work with keywords. They actually crawl through your blog. They search for particular keywords that people are searching for. Um, Because unfortunately, we don't have 
um, search engines where you can search by, you know, video or search by audio. You have to type in the words. And so that's why it's also important. So you can rank higher on um, search engines. So that's, I would say, the top two reasons of having a blog. But I will say that it's important for you if to realize that if you do have a platform that's not a blog format, like say a YouTube channel or a podcast, you can always repurpose that content mm -hmm. and have it written, um, just transcribe it and have it written in a, in a blog post format. So you can definitely win. Yeah. Yeah. And I know a lot of podcasters, like I have a blog just for my podcast for the fact of, to get some of the keywords. And that's exactly. always funny. Um, and I think people who don't understand blogging and don't understand how the keywords work, I always think it's funny when I hear people that are not in the business world are friends and they're on Pinterest. I'm like, why do these recipe blogs have all this, all these words? And I'm like, because they need them so that you can find them. <laughs> like, like, why are they telling these stories? I'm like, because they need the keywords so that you find their recipe. Exactly. Exactly. Um. So I feel like we also hear quite often, oh, blogging is dying. You can't make any money with blogging or you could just have a hobby blog, but it's just kind of a dying thing. Do you feel that that is true? Um, no, not at all. I mean, I know that's what people think, but you have to remember that um, people are different and people have completely different learning styles and ways of consuming information. So I am naturally a reader. I am a writer. So I love words. That's just how I am. And when I learn, I have to write. Like, that's just how I'm wired. My husband, on the other hand, is a visual creative type. And so he's a YouTube junkie. And that's how he learns, right? But um, yeah, so there's definitely people who will only read blogs. There's people who will only watch videos. There's people who will only listen to podcasts. Mm -hmm. um, but remember that um, the people who read blogs are out there. And also I will say for things like, it depends what your content is as well. Like as someone who's, if you're a recipe creator, like I can't tell you how frustrating it is. And I'm sure you probably have found this experience, um, Michelle, where um, if you're looking for a recipe, it makes sense to have it written somewhere because you need a reference point. If you're mm -hmm. watching it on video, it's super frustrating because you have to stop it, rewind. How many spoons did you say? and start it again like or if you're looking for a specific part of the recipe you have to watch an entire video do you understand what i mean mm -hmm. so yeah uh sometimes if you're looking for something that's instructional that you could just use a reference quickly to skim read blogs are great for that mm -hmm. so then i don't think they're going anywhere yeah yeah um, so what are some of your tips for bloggers in whether you be a, a new blogger or someone who's just starting or someone like, I mean, I have my podcast blog, so I guess you could say I'm a new blogger. I don't, I'm not very savvy in it. It's just there so that I know that the words are on the internet. So what are like your <laughs> tips? <laughs> Cause I'm like, I don't know what else to do with this thing. <laughs> so what are your tips to help? those that are starting and those of us that have a business, but we're like, I don't really know what to do with this portion of my sure. life. Sure. <laughs> well, there's, there's a lot of things we can do. Um, and I think the first thing I'd say is just, especially if you're starting out, it's okay for it not to be perfect. Like just get it out because your first blog is, is going to suck. Um, <laughs> it just is like, you only get better by doing, not by overthinking. So just get your stuff out there 
And a lot of people are probably not going to see your first stuff anyway, because it's mm-hmm. only as you grow and continue and become consistent that you rank higher and attract more people sort of thing. So don't sweat it, you know, just write, get it out there. Um, but having said that, there's a few things you can do. I'd say the first thing is when you're thinking about your title, make sure that you're writing a catchy title that attracts people. Um, if your title is not catchy enough, nobody's going to read your blog. Okay. It's the title that gets people to read your content. So a few tips are things like, um, you know, anything with lists, people love lists, people love how to's. It's like five ways to do something in seven days or five hours, you know, or, um, also think about how people are motivated. People are people trying to avoid something painful. So how can you write uh, a blog post, um, to kind of catch them in with that? Or are they trying to seek more pleasure in their life? Um, Try to write a headline that caters to that. And you can write the same thing, like you can write the same, um, have the same title, but either have it negative, sort of negative prone or positive prone. Like, are you trying to avoid pain or gain pleasure? And and just test it out and play with it and see how how you get on with that. so I'd say that's the first thing, have a catchy title. Um, the second thing I'd say is that make sure, like we mentioned earlier, is that you have your keywords, okay? So um, whether you are um, looking to have your blog um, rank higher in Google or on Pinterest, Pinterest is my absolute favorite. I think it beats Google any day, right? Um, but yeah, if you wanna make sure that you're using keywords, that are that people are searching for in the search engine of your choice so you can do that but you can find that out by going on pinterest and typing in on the search bar um whatever your topic is so let's say it's um your you want to write um something about um you know how to use instagram um or you know best tips for instagram in 2020 for example um if you type that in Pinterest is going to show you a list of keywords of people um, that people have already put in because that's the popular content. So you want to make sure that those keywords are in your title of the, of your blog post. And same thing with Google. If you're using Google, you can go to the keyword planner. It's a free tool that they use. Um, People use it for advertising, but you can use it for free. Um, And you can search for keywords and see the ones with low competition and high searches. And those are the ones that are your best bet. Um, and then use those in your title and also within your, uh, the body of your blog post. So you want to have keywords throughout. You don't want a keyword dump. So you don't want to keep saying how to use Instagram in 2020, five ways to use Instagram in 2020. <laughs> you don't want to keep saying that over and over again. Um, but you want to put it in enough. Um, you want to make sure that you remain consistent in your blogging. So, and this is something that I will say to moms, like I, I'm the type of person where um, I always want to do things by the book. Um, and that kind of works against me a lot of times because, you know, all our lives are so different. Um, but, you know, so the typical advice you'll hear is that the minimum you should blog is once a week, every week. You know, some people say, if you can try to do it every day, like if you can do that, great. But if you can't, if you can only manage once a month, like that, that was my pace. I had four kids. I had a baby at the time. Like I could not, 
create more than one or two recipes a month. Like it was just not physically possible. So um, whatever your pace is, just keep it consistent. Okay. Do what you can. Um, Cause you're going to get quicker as you learn and you're going to get better and you just want to keep making progress. That's what matters. Um, and then also, this is like one of the most popular questions that people ask about blog, uh, blogging is that how long should a blog post be? And my answer is, let it be as long as it needs to be. So don't put in a lot of, you know, don't faff about and just fill it up with words if it doesn't make sense, right? Like it has to be valuable. The most important thing is that you add value. Um, so if, it's, if that's going to be in 10,000 words, great. If that's just in 1,000 words, great. But I will say, you don't want it to be too short. So it has to be longer than an Instagram post, for example, right? Like it has to be long, like it has to be quality content. Um, and the higher quality, like if you produce one blog post that's really thorough and really well thought out and has so much value, and you do that maybe once a month as opposed to blogging every week, but it's stuff that everybody's talking about anyway, then you're better off adding something that no, nobody else is doing and adding your flavor and your perspective to it. You're much better off because remember, you're trying to stand out um, from the rest of, of, of you know, you want to separate yourself from the noise. Um, you want to also use beautiful imagery. Um, and the reason is because when you have a lot of words, um, it's not easy on the eyes, especially when you're reading on a screen. So you want to make sure that you, you don't write really long paragraphs, like you want to break them up into shorter sentences. Um, and you also want to break up the text with beautiful imagery. Now, if you're not a photographer, um, that's okay. If you don't have time to take pictures, that's fine. There's a lot of free stock image uh, websites that you could just download and use. Um, and use them for free and just add them in there. It will save you so much time. Unless, of course, you're cooking your own recipes, then you kind of have to <laughs> take pictures of your own food. Um, but, you know, bar that, you know, if it makes sense to um, get stock images, then definitely do that. Um, I'll also say um, make sure that you're repurposing your blog post. Um, and that's a tip because a lot of times we get lost in the content creation process, especially if you're someone who has a business. Um, it can feel like such an added load because you're like, I just want to sell earrings. Why am I now suddenly like lost in Instagram and creating blog posts? Like I'm not selling, right? <laughs> like I just want to sell earrings. So um, you just want to make sure that you write one blog post and from that one blog post, you can repurpose that content. You can use that content in your email list if you have one and I recommend you get one just add a different flavor to it. You can add it in your social media posts. You can add it in, you know, Instagram stories. Um, yeah, like you could just use it in so many different ways. So don't waste your content, like write it once and use it, use it, use it, use it, use it again and again. And sometimes we feel like we can't do that because everyone's, everyone's seeing my blog post. You'll be shocked. The people who read your blog post are not the same people on your email list sometimes, are not the same people on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or YouTube or on your podcast. Like not everybody sees everything. Mm -hmm. And if they do, they forget because they have lives. They're not just sitting there waiting for us to 
throw our content out there. <laughs> like, you know, they, I mean, we all wish that they were. <laughs> we, we do, we do, but they're not doing that. So, um, and even if they do, people forget, you know, how much noise there is out there. Like mm -hmm. before someone truly absorbs information, you need to see it several times. Mm -hmm. um, so don't be afraid to repurpose, repurpose that content until you're sick of it. Seriously, just you have full permission to do that. Um, another tip I'll give is to also make sure that your content is always, and this is going back to how to make yourself stand out. So it's great when you know who you're talking to. So it's a, one way of finding that out is you can research things. So for example, if you, um, are trying to get traffic, say from Pinterest, have a look in there and see what are people searching for and how can I add my voice? and solve that problem. Or if you have um, a social media um, audience, say on Instagram, Facebook, or whatever, um, listen to your audience, listen to their questions, listen to the conversations they're having, um, and cater to that, because then you're gonna actually help people. So don't just write mm -hmm. and expect some, somehow, somewhere, it's gonna help somebody, like speak to someone specifically, and try to solve their problem or inspire them. People love inspirational posts. People love it when, like I said, you know, from headlines, five ways to how to, um, mm -hmm. they want help, you know, so solve their problem. Um, you can teach them how to do something. You can simplify it or you can, yeah, like I said, just inspire them. Um, I love inspirational posts. Um, we all need inspiration in our life. So definitely, definitely don't be afraid to do that. Mm -hmm. And then I think the last thing I'll mention is that make sure that you don't don't allow your blog post to go to waste. So make sure that you have a call to action, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that can be different things and it depends what you're trying to do. So if you're someone who has a product and you really want to sell, um, you can write, for example, if you have going back to the earrings, if you're an Etsy seller, you have these custom made earrings that you make, you can write a blog post about how to style earrings with you know the current season that you're in obviously you can see i i have no experience whatsoever in fashion <laughs> blogging or but to get the picture yeah um so yeah so like you can basically use your product to feature as a solution to their problem or as something that um could simplify um whatever their issue is or to inspire them um so you can do that. You can mention your product at the end and give the people the option to purchase it from your website. Or, um, for example, if you're teaching people something, say if you're an, uh, an online uh, a business um, coach or um, you, know, you provide services for people, you're a freelancer, you can teach people how to do a particular task. For example, how to repurpose your content in five simple ways, for example. Mm -hmm. And then if you provide a service, then you can include your services at the end and say, if you're looking for a free consultation, I can help you um, have a one-on-one -on -one call with you on how we can repurpose your content if you're overwhelmed and confused, for example. So you can mm -hmm. position yourself in that way. Or you can, which is my favorite way, is to include a, a lead magnet. And what that simply is, is that you offering a freebie that is highly valuable to the people that are reading your blog post in exchange for their email. Because like I said, if someone's landing on your blog post for the first time, unless your product 
is extremely unique and something that really solves their problem right now, um, they're not likely to buy it. They want you to convince them. And the best way to do that is to continue that conversation where you continue to add that value through email marketing. So you want to give them a freebie that's like a cheat sheet. It could be a mini course. It could be a discount to your products. Um, it could be anything, um, whatever it is that you believe is going to be valuable to them. And you can test them out as well. Um, so create a few freebies. If you only have time for one, try one um, and see if people are signing up to join your mailing list. And then from there, you can continue to add value, teach, and then sell. Um, and that's ultimately how to utilize a blog post for your business. So, yeah. Uh, that was so much good information. Like, and even I just never even thought to like go search in Pinterest to see like what the keywords were or what other people were searching or titles, because then that would make sense for yeah. my own instead of trying to come up with something that's like super unique that I know, like for my podcast has been one of the hardest things. I'm like, what do I call this podcast? When it doesn't really mm, yeah. need to be that hard, it just needs to yeah. be something that someone wants to click on, <laughs> like yes. gives them emotion about it. I yes, love that piece. Absolutely. I'm and I love found that helpful. And I loved how you talked about repurposing content because I think that that is one thing that people forget about, and even that you could take a blog post and maybe there's like a piece of that blog that you could then turn into a whole nother blog and expand upon. Exactly. Or, um, I know like for me, I was thinking like, oh, I'll just have like somebody help me turn my Instagram captions because they're always long into a blog post. But I'm like, oh, I guess I'm gonna have to fluff it a little bit to then create it into a post or add in like the thoughts that I couldn't add on because Instagram only gives me so many characters. I wish that they yes. gave me more. <laughs> Blogger in the making. Yeah, every so often I have to be like, oh, well, I guess I can take that sentence out. <laughs> but I also write like I talk and my husband is always like, do you want me to help you fix these things? And I was like, nah, that's just, it's fine. <laughs> no, that's actually recommended. Actually, I'm glad you brought that up because um, that's like conversational copy. Mm -hmm. is what works and what sells like if you're gonna sound like a commercial from the 90s or like yeah. a professor from university like nobody's gonna want to read that like mm -hmm. people connect with people and copy that sounds conversational is what people love so that is definitely a good thing. Don't fix that. Oh, good. Well, it's, yeah. well, I told you earlier, it's dyslexic. Part of my thing though, is I always joke with people because I don't see punctuation. Like I don't really see periods or commas, but if I sure. put a comma in there, it's because I took a breath in my thoughts. It's always like, I'm like, oh, I think I a comma that. goes here, but I took a breath. If there's a comma, it's because I took a breath in what I was like. Oh my gosh, that is such a tweetable. That is a total tweetable. Like, you need to, yeah, that's a quote right there. I put a comma because that's when I took a breath. Love that. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not good at grammar. And I always tell people, like, if you are following me, don't expect that things are going to be perfect because it's just not how I roll. And if you want to correct sure. my grammar or tell me there's something wrong I I don't it doesn't offend me I'm like sure tell me when I use the wrong word of rough or something you know like <laughs> I don't see it and I don't realize it oh I'm the complete opposite so my husband's like that too my husband is forever I'm forever cor correcting his 
grammar, but I think it's mm -hmm. when we went to school, we went to a, um, an international school and they taught us English grammar throughout my entire childhood. So I'm one of those grammar, like I start twitching. Yeah. <laughs> if the grammar, I'm like, babe, um, yeah. <laughs> you need to fix that. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's totally fine. It's absolutely fine. Nothing to worry about. Yeah. And um, also there's a Grammarly and like mm -hmm. there's all these cool tools that help with grammar now that didn't exist when we were back in school. So, hey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I used to carry around like, um, it was almost looked like a calculator and it was like loaded with these words and that's how you would look, I would look up the words because there was no spell check even on computers. So like oh, wow. I would have to try to like put it in and it would figure out like what I was trying to say. So we have come a long way. Amazing. Lifetime, yes. All that stuff. So, oh, such good information. So another question I have that's now kind of taking us off the topic is um, with having a successful blog and now you have a coaching business and your Pinterest is rocking, what does it look like a normal work day for you look like being a mom and still running your business? Um, so it's, it's still chaotic. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna go away um I think that just comes with momming like they just there's always mess with that uh so no particular day necessarily looks the same um but what it does look like is that I make sure that at the beginning of every week or sometimes if I'm feeling super fancy and organized I you know plan my week on a Sunday night but um but apart from that, I plan it on the first day of the week, Monday, and I batch tasks together. Um, and so every day in the week might look different, but it's because I'm doing all the similar type of tasks together because I found that it's easier um, for my head space. Like once you're in the zone, it's just easier to turn stuff out when you're doing the same thing over and over again. So it might look like, um, one day I'm planning my um, social, like my Instagram post for the week. Um, and then also planning my, um, say my Pinterest, for example, posts or creating new pins uh, for Pinterest uh, for the week as well. Um, then another day might look like um, writing, you know, writing blog posts. Um, when I was still doing my, at the moment, I'm focusing more so on business coaching. Um, and I've just launched my Pinterest course as well. So I've just been working on that, on building my course, on getting customers, you know, that kind of thing. So I'm in the middle of like a launch week. So this does not look like my normal, uh, usual weeks, but besides that, yeah, it will. So it'll just be stuff like that. Like I'll focus on writing and then um, maybe a, a day or two in the week, I'll focus on rather than working in my business, trying to take time out to work on my business. So focusing mm -hmm. on things that will create more sales for me or improve my business or improve my process, um, you know, or try to come up with more content in the future, you know, so that's stuff like that. That's mm -hmm. what it looks like, I would yeah. say. And are your kids mainly home with you or do they go during the day and you work just around their schedule? Yeah, so since we're like currently in the middle of, you know, COVID-19, yeah. um, you know, our lives have all been, you know, turned upside down. But um, mm -hmm. we've now found a rhythm 
because it's a few months in now. So the way we work is that the kids are home. Um, so some of some schools have opened here in the UK, but not their school yet. And I don't think we're going to take them in until I think it's almost summer. So we figured it makes more sense to wait till September when the new school year starts. But um, uh, we split it. So my husband on some days um, works in the morning till nap time. Not his nap time, obviously, my daughter's nap time. <laughs> I mean, he might take a nap time. He might take a nap time. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so he works. So he does the morning while I homeschool the kids and then they'll sort out breakfast, lunch and all that stuff. Then we swap and I work from the afternoon till like, you know, evening, mm-hmm. about 8 p.m., 9 p.m. Um, while he does the kids' dinner and bath time and all that kind of stuff. And then some days we swap. Mm. So that's how we basically worked it out. Um, and it's a great rhythm that we found that we're quite happy with. Yeah. Good. So yeah. my last question is, um, if you were to give advice to any mom that's deep in the little years of motherhood, what would it be? That is such a good question. I wish I had people to listen to or I knew to listen to. I guess I did. Um, but, you know, sometimes you wish you could really shake yourself and say, it's going to be okay. Right. You know? yes. Like, believe it. Um, but what I would say is, is that growth is not linear. It's exponential. Mm. And I think it's really important to understand that when you're starting out, because I really struggled with my pace. Because when I first started my business, I, I had my three kids. And as soon as I launched it, two months in, we had the surprise of being pregnant with my fourth. You know? And it was, I was so happy to have her. But at the same time, I was like, oh my gosh, I just launched. And I, it, it knocked me off. Like I was completely exhausted um, with it. So and I also had um, prenatal depression with her. So I was pretty depressed as well. So um, it was a dark time. Um, and as soon as I had her, I was literally back to myself. So um, I really struggled with my pace. I really wished that I could be as far ahead as, you know, the whole thing, comparing yourself to people on social media who look like they have their life completely figured out and they're so far ahead or people you started with and they're so far ahead and you're so behind. Um, And I'm so glad that I started when I did um, because I wouldn't be as far as I am now. Um, And I'm so glad that I made progress. Some days progress just looked like just being with the kids and making sure I'm looking after my mental health, you know? Um, And some days I would be super productive. And some days all I could do was just write one Instagram post and that was about it. But, you know, add those days up. and it's not, you think it's linear because it's like you think I have to do all this work every week in and out. And that's how I'm going to get ahead. It's like, no, actually, uh, that's not how it works. So, you know, be kind to yourself. Um, we all started business because we want flexibility, you know, so don't come hard on yourself when you're not able to, you know. So um, that's what I'll say. You'll be shocked what um, in a few years from now what you've managed to build. Seriously. Mm-hmm. So and celebrate all the way every little step celebrate how productive you are write it down take it off and celebrate yourself like that's that's how you have fun in the journey as well 
Yeah, because so often we we forget to celebrate or we forget like, oh, we finished something or we hit some milestone and then it's, oh, what's next? Or it wasn't good enough or it didn't come fast enough. And I think you're so right that it, it in the thick of it, like when you're just first starting your business, it feels so hard and that you're never going to get stuff done. And I mean, I still have days where there's a post that was in my head, I don't know, like over a week ago and I have not written it because it's just the season that we're in right now. It's just been really hard. So like, I just get the content out there that has to get out there. And I'm like, someday I'll sit down when I have a hot minute and and no kids screaming or whatever too. Um, yeah. Like right. Absolutely. But when it comes, it comes and it's fine. And it's at my own pace. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I totally agree with that. All right, Sahar. So tell everyone where they can connect with you after this podcast. And I know that you are in the middle of an amazing launch for um, Pinterest. So tell us about that me on Instagram and Facebook at Sahar Twesijay. I know my name is super complicated, but I'm sure if you just read it and type it in, you'll find me. Um, I'm always hanging out at Instagram and Facebook as well. Um, And I've also uh, launched my Pinterest uh, course called Pin to Profit Blueprint, um, where I'm teaching mompreneurs like you um, how to drive traffic, to your website using Pinterest and also how to turn your audience into paying customers. And um, we've talked a little bit about that process. It's, you know, it's a handshake between Pinterest and your blog, or if you don't have a blog, I recommend you, you look into that as well. And then we're going to turn people on your blog and take them into your email list. I'm going to teach you the entire process from beginning to end. So if that's something that you want to do and you want to learn how to, um, you know, sell your products, your services um, with Pinterest uh, as the traffic driver, then come and join us. I've got a free Pinterest masterclass that's happening. Um, if you fo- follow the link provided and you'll be able to sign up to one of our classes. And so, yeah, I can't wait to see you in there. Yeah. And I will link all of this into the show notes so that people can find you so that they don't um, it's easier for them to find you on Instagram and everything like yes. that. So <laughs> please do. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to another episode of the busy years podcast. This episode show notes and all past episode show notes can be found at michellehagan.com slash podcast. I would love to put a face to the listener. Come over and join me on Instagram at Michelle Ann Hagen. Or you can join me in our private Facebook community just for the Busy Years podcast listeners called Hey Mama, Let's Connect. This is a community where you can dig in a little bit deeper to your dreams, share your dreams out loud with like-minded people, let people cheer you on in what you are currently doing to chase your dreams, and learn a little bit more about our episodes, and I'll even pop in there every once in a while to teach live. I can't wait to see you and meet you, my friends. Hey mama, did you need someone to remind you that you are worthy of your dreams? that you can take action in the middle of motherhood, I just wanted to pop in and give you another reminder, friend, that you got this. 
You can do this in the middle of motherhood, no matter how busy the years get.